Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Excited to uh, get things up and running. Uh, I'm. We got big books. In fact, it was very hard to narrow the layout uh, this week. So uh, we're not going to get to cover everything, but hopefully we're covering the big things you want to hear about. Uh, this is where we do all things comics all the time. And with me is an amazing team, uh, as well as I love that we get so many debuts here. This is great. Uh, so with me, uh, ride or die, Kofi Outlaw, and welcoming to the pool list for the very first time, Spencer Perry. How are you guys? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm always here, but always happy to be here. Oh, see, that's so nice. Oh, the warm and fuzzies. I'm so, I'm so happy about it. Uh, this is a big week because uh, if you've been following the main show, uh, we have been talking about the relaunch of the Ultimate Universe for quite a bit. And we're finally at the first real kind of move into that. We had the four-issue miniseries, and then we've kind of had some some previews and things. But this is really kind of our first uh, the first salvo of the Ultimate Universe with Ultimate Spider-Man number one, uh, the much-anticipated book. And I got to say, for for me, we're going to get into it here because uh, we kind of had mixed uh, mixed emotions about the real, like, launch of the new Ultimate Universe. And there were a lot of questions and it was a little murky here and there, and there were some really great parts, but then there were also some parts where, like, is this going to land... And then the premise for Ultimate Spider-Man hit, and we were, I think it was kind of universally like, oh, like this is this sounds great. We're on, we're on board and hoping that it would deliver. Uh at one point in time, I remember saying, I didn't know if we needed another Ultimate Universe. I Ultimate Spider-Man from Bendis is one of my all-time favorite runs. Uh, it will always be. And I thought it was just like a moment in time. And then now do we need that? Can we just look at the core universe and things? And then I read this issue. I could not have been more wrong, but I am not, I am more like, I could not be happier that I am more wrong because my God, this is everything you want in a, in an opener. This is just everything you want. And, uh, you know, we've been complaining over the past year or two, me and Kofi about kind of like being very mixed on the Spider-Man books and wanting a Spider-Man of, you know, of our own in a way of like age and demographic and like that kind of thing. We all have families. And so having this, and the way it's depicted for me, uh, I could not think of a bigger home run swing. Uh, I was just so happy of how all the things came together here. Um, you know, Spencer, you reviewed the book for us, and you can check out his full review uh, on comicbook.com later today. Uh, what did you come away with this? Was it as much of a home run for you as it was for me? How are you feeling? Oh, yes, it, it absolutely was. And I, I think the thing that really sets this book apart from... You know, the original Ultimate uh, Spider-Man um, or even any other like alternate Earth variant that we see pop up in Marvel Comics is that the changes that they make uh, to characters, to uh, pieces of the lore that we're all familiar with, they don't feel arbitrary. They're all rooted in the narrative that Hickman is has been planting and and is you know so going to sow throughout this series you know characters that are alive characters that are dead characters that uh don't know each other 
You know, it's uh, there's a lot of great implications about, well, if he hasn't been Spider-Man for 20 years, then these things never happen. So these people are alive or these things uh, never happen. So these people may not be around, you know, and it's uh, I, I think it's a real testament not only to Hickman's writing, but to uh, Marco Cicchetto's artwork that a book that has like one action scene and is only <laughs> one page of, of like a 40 page book is like gripping and visually yeah. interesting the entire time. It's, 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 it's a delight to read because nothing feels uh, like it was a change for the sake of doing a change. It's all a, a change for the sake of pushing the narrative and trying new things. Yeah. Kofi, how are you feeling? This, I mean, we are big on talking first issues here and how first issues, what both what the duty of a first issue is and, you know, what the results of a first issue can be. And I think that this one did what we want from a first issue, as Spencer pointed out, without using the crutch of like overly comic booky things or too much action. It was just... It, it also masterfully takes lore that we already know and spins it, no pun intended, in a way that really instantly intrigues, from what I'm hearing so far, you know, overwhelmingly, nearly every Spider-Man fan that, I, that I've heard from so far. It's still early. We're recording this early. So, but like we've been saying, like just changing these character dynamics, who's alive, who's not alive, what in just the thoughts of where they end up and, you know, the premise you're presented with and how much you're like, okay, I could see, like, I could see that. Like I could see this character ending up here or these characters having this relationship and doing this. And it creates a whole new pocket of like what you want to see in Spider-Man within a lore that's already kind of convoluted, but uses that lore in a good way and sets us up for something already so deeply intriguing across a lot of character levels and getting that character world back intact for Spider-Man in a compelling way is what I think we've been missing for a long time because in the old books in the 60s the 70s up in the, to like the 80s Spider-Man Spider-Man's world was very much a part of the story that was what makes and still makes me point to like the original Green Goblin story as one of the greatest is was this mystery of a who almost like a whodunit of, of the people of Spider-Man and Peter Parker not being able to trust the people in his world because of who was possibly putting on that mask and doing crazy things. But the world mattered. And this already makes the world of Spider-Man matter. Yeah. That's if it. I can if I can add oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Kofi. No, no, go ahead. If if I can add on to that, uh, you know, one of the, part of the crux of my review of the book is that, you know, we're talking a lot about lore and the way that it's it's building on lore and 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 subverting our expectations. But the thing that I think really makes this book work and that readers should take to heart is that it is accessible. You don't have to have read Ultimate Invasion. You don't have to have read Ultimate yes. Universe number one to read this book. It tells you what you need to know that happened in those that are important elements but accessibility especially like even if you just know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and you don't know anything else about Spider-Man lore, you can read this and enjoy it. And I, and I think when Marvel lets Spider-Man be accessible, yes, that's when Marvel comics are at their best. And the problem with main book Spider-Man is that it hasn't been super accessible for quite a while. Oh, for yeah. yeah. For such it's a, a long time <laughs> this segue, you know spencer we're, we're here today because 
that was what I was about to segue into, and and you kind of gave me a perfect, even better setup there. The one thing I came away from this book asking myself was, would it have been better if I didn't have had to go through all that ultimate invasion stuff? If it was kind of a mystery about sure, like, sure. here's the premise about what happened, this thing that meant so much and that I got bits and pieces of that along the way. Because I felt like I was like, you know, this made more use out of the events of that book within yes. just like a couple of just sequences and scenes that had no other superheroes, none of those characters and like nothing to do. And even the stuff at the at the end, the kind of climactic part of this book, like I was like, if I had if that wasn't out there already, I would have been I would have really been OK and even possibly more intrigued than having had gone through that whole thing. So that's Man, funny I that agree with you. Up. Yeah. I think, I think that would have been an amazing, I, maybe not so much for universe because of the, because it was so focused on like those three key people and building that, like I still like to have that, but having that four issue miniseries be just spread out throughout the individual books. We have Black Panther coming up. We have more, right? So just making that part of the ongoing mystery of figuring out how the heck this world was created, I think that would have been more effective because I I think, you know, my kind of echoing what I said before of like, do we need this right now? Like, do we need to go back to that well and just change things up again? you know, was kind of reinforced by that miniseries. It was like, I don't know, this isn't enough to sway me. Like, I I feel like we're, you know, treading some of the same ground. We're just changing some things here and there. And then you get a book that is obviously catered to an entire character. So it's a little bit different, but, you know, this really, just what Spencer was saying, this feels like a, they wanted to make something that is unapologetically Spider-Man. It's all the best aspects of the character that we've loved over the years and when I say we, I mean we, the people who have wanted to see married Spider-Man and Peter and MJ just freaking happy. <laughs> it's just like a normal couple going through things. They got bills. They're they're raising kids, but like they are still intri completely intrinsically them. They're, and and the way they interact, oh my God, it was just like this wave of nostalgia hit, but not in the thing of like, we're going back to tired things we've already done like it just it felt new and fresh but it felt like this is the spider-man i've been wanting for years this yeah. is like i i just man you know and it just speaks to that uh I, i'm so excited i could not have been i think we do if every book can be this if every character can have their own version of what this book encompasses for spider-man yeah we need an ultimate universe i'll, I'll be 100 percent bite on that like i'm i was wrong <laughs> i'm very yeah. happy to be wrong it's what it does is what we kind of said in the beginning, like I was a nineties kid kind of comic reader. And so for me, like this book weirdly, it gets really personal. Like this is a portrait of what it is to be middle aged now. Like, and like, I mean, this is exactly where I'm at. Like I have two kids. I have a wife that I've been with for a very long time. I have aging elders that, you know, are, are professionals and, and have good, stature that are also aging and that I got to worry about and like all of these questions about life and where I'm at and what I what I could have done and what I have done like all of this stuff is very real to like yeah. a middle-aged person right now so this is the Spider-Man like hey I grew up reading Spider-Man and yes the kids love Spider-Man that's easy but like 
what about me as a fan who's grown up with this character? Yeah, boom, we're here now. Like, this is this is it. I'm already in. Like, middle-aged me is now coming to Spider-Man <laughs> books for <laughs> How do I um, swing out of this one? But that conversation with him and Mary Jane is just so real, like, of a married couple conversation. And just, you know, even where it just leaves things, I think the quote was just like, she says, like, you know, are, is this going to change if things yeah, between yeah. you and me? And she's, like, ready for that answer. The artwork is just so perfect. Like, yeah, her face is just, like, she's ready for to maybe hear that crazy answer. And she, he's like, oh, you know, like, absolutely not. And she's like, all right, well. And then you get a good use of what could have been a, the corniest line of a book, you know, turns out to be, like, one of the most effective, you know. Right, exactly. Well, and I love how they play on that, too, because like Spencer said, like, it's all the – hallmarks that you know but twisted in a different way i you know i know we don't this book just came out so obviously we don't want to get like super into spoilers but i feel like there's one part of this that i don't want to say because it is a kind of a bigger thing but you know knowing jay jonah's in it i don't think is a big spoiler and the way he's introduced by yelling parker and the way they twist that is so it was done so well it just like brought a smile into my face uh, and that's indicative of the entire issue there's so many little things that they that they play on and man it's been so long since i've rooted for peter well, I can I can just say that like it's been so long since when half the book isn't just apologizing for how much of a jerk Peter's become, and this book is like I was rooting for him, I was in. Like you go find yourself, dang it! Like you go do that, man. You go you go on with this bad stuff. I was so happy for Peter. If they can do the same thing for beasts at some point, I'll be like over the moon. Uh, so yeah, I was. I think that's uh, yeah. I think it brings us full full course here uh, around on this book. I think this was a no pun intended, a marvelous success and one I hope is uh, indicative of what the line hopes to be. And uh, this is, man, I've, I've, it's been a minute since I've been this. Is, and Game War, by the way, I've been raving about Game War. Game War has been really fun. I've really enjoyed that. Um, but it's kind of like a win-win across the board. Uh, any Before we move on to the next book, any last minute notes you guys want to add on? Just um, that, uh, mine's real quick, just that this already creates so much intrigue about just going through the dynamics of Spider-Man again. Um, like, what does Peter think the experience of Spider-Man is like like this? Does he wisecrack like this? Is he a bit more serious because there's more stakes for him in this when it's getting hurt, missing things? Like, I'm already so in, so good job. Spencer? I don't think it's a spoiler to say this because it's they've talked about it before the book even came out and he's on the cover for the next one, but like, who do you think Green Goblin is? I don't think it's as obvious as right. we want to think it would be. Yeah, because my first thought is like, oh, okay, well, it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, Harry. But like, it was like, no, like, you know, I don't know. There's nothing about this book has been that so far. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's someone. It might be Jameson. I think it's either. I think it's one of the two old central figures. I agree. Um, I think it's one of them because the that char- the goblin appears right after a pivotal moment. Yeah. at the bugle so it, it has to be one of them right <laughs> yeah that which would be by the way a fantastic twist that would be <laughs> right off the bat oh yeah. man i i kind of hope we don't have to do this because like yeah you got an origin at some point baby so you know got an origin at some point so yeah that'd so be I'm, a I'm excited. So let's move into the other, another, well, another, I should say, not the other, another big Marvel book uh, this week, which, boy, this takes me back to when the show first started, because, man, 
Rise of the Powers of X <laughs> or 10, if you're like, I don't know how to refer to this one in particular, but uh, this is the, you know, we talked about the, you know, fall of the House of X. Uh, number one last week, and we actually came away with rave reviews. In fact, Janelle was like over the moon about an X-Men book, which is, huh, my God. And then I read this one and I went, boy, I'm glad we didn't have Janelle read this one because this is like the antithesis of that book. (laughs) This is so many heady concepts. If you weren't reading those original, that original series, I feel like you would be absolutely lost. We got uh, calendars of, of timelines again, like, this took me back. This was a, a, a way back machine type thing. Um, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying it was a stark jump for me. And it again, it also mirrors what the original two series were. They were very different from each other. And then over time, they kind of merged and, and wove together. Um, so, I mean, this one, I... I don't know. I think I actually need a second read on this before I even really feel like I have uh, like a full opinion for him. But I will say like it was I was riveted. I wanted to see what happened next. Um, I, I'm a little confused, <laughs> a little all over the place with it. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's kind of how I how I feel. Um, Kofi, what do you think about this? Um, I think that, you know. One of the things that I've been keeping my eye on, because you said, as you said, we got into this doing House of X and Powers of Ten as one of the kind of launches of this show. And we were on it week to week and we were deep down the rabbit hole. So I've had my eye on this and I've been writing about this since it's been going on and to see kind of where they take this. But shout out to Kieran Gillen and uh, RB, I almost said RJ, RB Silva uh, for kind of they've been tasked with really landing the biggest part of this plane, which was all this timeline stuff that was set up. The main intrigue of house and powers of the Moira lifetimes, what she learned, the twists by the end and the sixth lifetime and the distant future with like the dominion and like the machines and all this stuff about the machine man, mutant war. Like all of that was has always been in the background of what's happening. It was the overall stakes of the X-Men, which I've loved that basically the X-Men's real war isn't like just fighting against an earth that hates and fear of them. No, they're fighting time and, and, and like consequence, like what ends up surviving. That's been the most interesting part of this. So I, I like the heady stuff. I liked that the time travel mysteries and stuff and timeline mysteries of powers, and this is just the this is the answer. The other book is clearly the answer to House, which is more personable, right. more character focused. And this one's more of the timeline, timey wimey Doctor Who of it all. And so I thought for new people taking on that from what Hickman had started, this was a pretty good, a, like a pretty good kind of answer. And it does call back to all that stuff that's been building. And it gets tricky if you haven't been following, certainly. I mean, right. if you haven't been re- reading Immortal X-Men, if you didn't get through all of Sins of Sinister and all that, and you haven't been keeping your eye on the Sinister of it all, this is all really confusing. If you have been keeping your eye on all of that, this is good chess that you're seeing in this book. And so I have been, and I really enjoyed this because I've been so curious what they were going to do with this whole Dominion thing uh, the reveal of the original Nathaniel Exodus, which we didn't yeah. really hit on much, but I kind of loved that twist. I was like, oh, yeah, that snap. Great. that's I classic like 90s X-Men kind of crazy twist stuff. Right. Like, you know, and I've been but landing that plane has been so crucial to this because 
it's all been interesting concept, but like, are we going to get into something right. that is going to actually feel like, okay, now we're into it and we got to do stuff. And for all the crazy stuff in here, I think the artwork helps a lot in this yeah, book does. to kind of convey what is happening here. But um, I, I think that I love the concepts. I love this kind of final X-Men team. We've seen a bunch of final X-Men teams over the years. This team rules, by the yeah. way. Very good <laughs> team, yeah. And like, yeah, I knew you were going to love it. I, I still love And there's just things. There, there's things that went, again, when we, we have a social video up now, and I'm totally with you on this. Like, the, I hope that some of this lasts beyond this book because it is so interesting. Like, I want Rasputin to always be around. Like, right. I, I want certain things of this to be here. So, yeah, it's a lot to take in, but this is the book that pays off people who have been kind of following this whole thing. And I think these are the people who are who are really paying it off as, as pretty much best you can salvage all of this scattered mess into one semi-coherent thing. I think they did a pretty good job. Spencer, what'd you think? You know, I was way into uh, House of X and Powers of Ten when they came out, like I think most uh, comic readers were, and I w- and I stuck with X Men as long as Hickman was there, and then I sort of fell off after he after he left, and and I've kept up with what was going on just by virtue of you know being a, a comic book reader and a fan. Right. So you you always hear of like, all right, he, who's doing what now? There's clones of who running doing this thing, so like. I, but that's suffice to say that, you know, I wasn't lost reading this book. It really felt like a sequel to House of X and Powers of Ten yeah. in a really satisfying way. And I, and I think uh, uh, to your point, Kofi, d- didn't RB do the Powers of X artwork? Yeah, he was working on one of those. Original right. Books, so yeah. like it, it just feels so kind of seamless almost like, you know, it helps to have known these things that have happened between these two big series. But you could kind of go from Powers of Ten almost directly into this. Because, you know, they recap it as best they can. And then the charts help a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's a a lot of fun book. I'm with you, Kofi. I I love when they do real heady, hard sci-fi with the X-Men. And I think Hickman did a great job of that when he was doing it. Gillen obviously does a really does great work with that kind of stuff, too. Not only in, you know, his Marvel books, but all of his creator-owned stuff as well. But this is a this is fun to read. It's got a great team, good ca- character dynamics, and it's just you know wild. The, the kind I like to say this a lot. It, it's the kind of comic book that makes you love the medium because um, movies would never do this. This is so wild and out of the box that a movie can't do it, and studios are too afraid to do something this crazy. So like this is where comic books thrive is having like a fun, wild story like this. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, and it's funny that you bring up, um, the, cause I, cause I also agree. I think it, um, I think it is a direct sequel in that way. It feels very much from born of the same cloth as, as those original books. And that's why I think we've received them so well. It is just very abrupt. If you've been reading the other books for six months to a year, because they haven't had that. They've they've almost barely, other than Immortal, they've a lot of the other books, and even Immortal to a degree, because it's had its own storylines and things going on. This format has not been the format. 
And so it feel it does feel a little like even from reading the other books and things, it does feel like, oh, we're back in this again. And it takes a minute <laughs> to kind of adjust. It took a minute for me to adjust my brain again to that because house was always a little different. And so that 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 kind of fits with everything else that's kind of come in the Krakoa era since. But this, it took a minute to kind of get back into the swing of that of that storytelling style. Uh, but I, I love it again. I still need, I feel like I need a second read to really kind of comprehend most, like a, a lot of the moving from timeline to timeline. Some of them were, they do a good job of like giving you the digestible version, but like still it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, what I will say is shadow tiger needs to be a thing from here on out <laughs> that like, she needs to be around. I, what an awesome character. And yes, Kevin Coco, everyone knows I'm, I'm very excited for Kamala uh, to be in that mix. But Shadow Tiger was not on my radar, and I was very happy. Um, so uh, before we move to some quick fire books, uh, let's do a quick round of record pass. I imagine I know. Well, I don't know where the second book is going, but I do know where I feel like I know where the first book is going. So let's start with Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Uh, Spencer, you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, that's a it's a thumbs up all the way on Ultimate Spider-Man. And, you know, it's 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 a it's a book that i think builds enough goodwill already in this first issue that like even if the second one is a step down we're gonna keep it going you know they, sure. they've earned a lot of, of of goodwill with with one issue <laughs> kofi what you say easy easy thumbs up everybody who's been an adult reader who's looking for a spider-man story to jump into here we are uh i am gonna give it a thumbs up as well uh it's it's easy for all the reasons listed uh above so uh, i'm I'm very excited uh for that next let's move into rise of the powers of x uh kofi thumbs up thumbs down thumbs up if you've been following this era of x-men i mean you can't miss this so get on board the train spencer what you say same thing thumbs up you know i love a hard sci-fi x-men story and I love it when comic books embrace things that only comics can do. Same. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Um, while I am a little murky on some, some details, I still really enjoyed it. I was engrossed all the way through. Uh, I am excited to see what is in the, you know, having that thing at the end and having that space and what they're doing and how proactive they're being. Again, I've just been like, man, I need a little hope Matt. with the mutants. So, uh, you know. So... I got to the chart and I was so engrossed with trying to figure out the charts. I, I stepped away from this and I forgot to read that epilogue. Until <laughs> it I just now read that epilogue and I've been sitting here trying not to like flip out and be like, whoa, oh my God. Like now I'm so more into this book, double thumbs up because of that epilogue. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, you're reading. And I was like, whoa. Oh okay. my God. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Arts, man, you get lost yeah no i get it i get it that, and also there was so much to take in on that that chart that chart is you know as you flip in over and like it's, it's it's awesome uh so real quick just to um knock out two real quick ones uh green lantern number six uh, number seven uh hit this week uh i am a, a a huge fan of what jeremy adams is doing uh on this book but i gotta say uh it is you know the cover is very much like hey one of these people doesn't make it you know, and and I they deliver on that. It's not a bait and switch, which is always nice. Number one, but number two, they make that an emotional moment. And uh, this is a flashback to the past, and really gives you uh, a better understanding of of all of the circumstances that led to how being 
on Earth and addresses the cliffhanger from last time and Sinestro. There's a lot in this issue, and I really like what they're doing. Also, the backup story by Tomasi is fantastic. Uh, and then Captain Marvel number four. Um, I've been kind of waiting for this book to hit its stride. And I, finally, in issue four, all that stuff starts to click. Uh, Yuna is a delightful character now that like I feel like we've had a chance to get to know her. And she really kind of breaks out here in this issue. The swapping back and forth, having Doctor Strange and Clay involved is also a wonderful addition to any Captain Marvel book, frankly, uh, ever since their whole kind of romance, off-kilter romance. Uh, but this is really fun. feel like from here on out, I'm really excited to see where this book goes. Uh, all right, so we're gonna try. We tried this last week uh, in this kind of final segment, sharing a quick recommendation for you to take with you uh, to the comic store either today or over the weekend or whenever you go next. Uh, we're each gonna pick one book that we recommend, and we're gonna try and keep it keep it tight here so that uh, we can share this all over the place. Really, is frankly what we're doing. Uh, so I'm gonna start uh, with my recommendation for this week is Action Comics 1061. Big start of a bunch of creators taking over Superman, including Jason Aaron. That is me, Kofi. What you, what you got? I'm recommending Wolverine 41. It is the beginning of the Sabretooth War, which is touted as the most violent Wolverine story ever told. And so far, so far, it is a pretty violent Wolverine versus Sabretooth story. Sweet. Spencer, what you got? Round us out. Uh, I'm going with James Bond 007 number one. It's a brand new book. Just started at Dynamite. Fresh start. And best of all, Garth Ennis is writing it. So, you know, it's it's Garth uh, putting his hand both in the satirical leaning of things, but then doing classic uh, James Bond with uh, dry wit and, uh, you know, innuendo. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Those are your recommendations from us for the week. Uh, let us know what you've been liking as well in the comments to this video. You can also shoot us uh tweets and Facebook messages, anything you want, uh, letting us know what you're enjoying about the show. Uh, until next week, catch you later. Pieces. Have a great week.